I welcome you to the Living Word with me, Sarah Ajala Emmanuel. We thank God for his preservation of lives and the opportunity to hear his word and share his word and learn from him. Most importantly, we give God all trying to bring us all to that place of righteousness, that place of truth, that place where he wants us to be in, that place of salvation and joy and peace. So we give him praise, we give him all the glory for his loving kindness and mercy towards us all. Now, um, we have an inordinate amount of Christians across the world, as I always say, today. And um, on, on the face of it, would have been a wonderful thing and a brilliant thing, a beautiful thing. You know, we having so many professing believers who should be impacting the world. Now, let's remember... When they, um, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down to establish the Church of Christ, there were 120 disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ in the upper room in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit came down upon them. These are the 120 people who began proclaiming the gospel, primarily the apostles, the 11 apostles at the time, and then Matthias was chosen to join them, and then the believers. So we had 120 people, and uh, on that very day, when that phenomenon happened of the arrival of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 or so people were joined to them, you know, having heard the message of the gospel. They had nothing, there were no miracles on that day, except for the coming of the Holy Spirit in power which enabled the people, the disciples, to proclaim the glories of God in other languages they had not learned. And saying other languages, not just a whole lot of gibberish, them talking anything and backing out anything, calling it tongues. No, it was actually languages. Because the people, the natives of those languages that were present, were saying, what is going on? What is this? They're proclaiming the glories of God in our native language. And all the men who were doing this were Jews. So, and they were speaking languages from across the world. So the grace of God came to the whole world on that day, you know, and um, what we've all done with it, the grace still remains to this day, but one day that grace will stop. What we've all done with it is the question. What we are all doing with that mercy of God is the issue that we should be pondering and concerned about because um, that we are still in the period of grace. But grace ceases for each and every one of us at God's own bidding. Either when we shut our eyes in death, when we are called out of this world, the grace period is over for each individual the moment God takes his breath from us. And then the grace period, of course, will be over for everyone at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be nothing but judgment left. So now we have this issue now, this situation where everybody claims they are Christians, but you do not see in them the attributes of Christ. You do not see anything that, that differentiates the people who say they are believers or Christians. You will see nothing in them that differentiates them from the, from the other people who do not know God and people who actually hate God and tell him so and people who practice all other false religions in the world. There's no difference. Everybody is after the same thing. Everybody is chasing after the same thing. Everybody's got the same callous heart. Everybody's got the same wickedness in them. Everything's going on just as normal. But the only thing is the people carry a badge saying, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. Or I belong to this church. I belong to that church. As though all those things hold any water with God. They don't. They don't. 
And it's a very sad state of affairs because, you see, it's not as if something new has happened to the world and Satan perhaps has taken the world by storm and nobody knows what to do. And, you know, it's uh, we're all in a mode of shock because we didn't expect this would happen to the church. No. The evil that's prevalent in the world today has always been. And it's always been in the church. Happening around the church, happening within the church. Within the church, we have got people that Satan has raised, false teachers, false prophets. They are bound in the church space. Satan put them there for a reason, but people are shutting their eyes to this fact. There's no discernment going on in most places today. So they're coming in with all kinds of toxic teachings and ideologies and heresies and lies. But the people love it. The people just love everything they're hearing because these things flatter them. Flatter the human, greedy, wicked, evil ego. What is more flattering to the wicked mind than for somebody to tell you that the reason you've got all sorts of problems in your life is, and you know, uh, you have no peace, you lack and enjoy, is not because it's your fault. It's not because you haven't got the right relationship with God, the giver of peace and joy and blessings. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's not because you are not doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing by being in this gathering in the first place. You know, by being in this particular church where, you know, whoever it is is leading, you've done the right thing. So it's not your fault. It's the fault of your enemies somewhere. And so they lead the people. This is a very uh, common thing in, uh, across Africa. So they lead the people in prayers against their enemies and prayers against everybody who's rising against them. And they lead them in curses, not prayers. They call them prayers. They think they're prayers. They are deluded to think they're prayers. But they're nothing but witchcraft. Witchcraft casting of spells. Wickedness. Gross wickedness that the Lord Jesus Christ detests and forbids in those who are his followers. What did the Lord say to us? Bless those who curse you. Bless and do not curse. What did the Lord Jesus Christ say to us? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. And treat them well. That's what he said. But we have this collection of wicked, evil men and women who are directing people to curse out enemies, to pronounce death on people who hate them, to pronounce all sorts of stupid judgments that cannot take any effect whatsoever on people who despise them. You know, curse your enemy, do this, tell them to die, tell them to 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 be struck by thunder and lightning and all sorts of foolishness that's nothing but witchcraft and the people think they are christians the people think they're believers no they are not no they are not the lord knows his own people and nobody can force himself on the lord just because he belongs to a particular church group and the tragedy of it is most of these places that call themselves churches are not even churches they don't belong to christ the church is a collection, is, is a, a gathering of people who belong to Christ in spirit and in truth. A people belonging to God, who walk in obedience. A people who honor God with their lives. A people who live for God, not for themselves anymore. A people filled with godliness and righteousness. A people who love God with all their being, all, all of who they are and all of what they have, that they don't care anymore about the world. A people whose hearts are set on eternity. A people who live to please God in their thoughts, in their words, in their deeds. A people who live for God and keep themselves pure.
pure and clean, holy for God. A people who have rejected their sinful lives and their own foolish existence prior to knowing Christ. That's the church. It's not just a group of people who come together, donning on each other all kinds of fancy and lofty titles to make themselves seem important in the, in the gathering. They're the least of people before God. God does not do titles. He's not interested. Reverend, doctor, prophet, apostle, this, that, and the other that people like to call themselves. To they, 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 They've set up a foolish hierarchy in what they call church, in their establishments. And the more, the longer their titles, the better they reckon. But not before God. Before men, maybe. But men are wicked. Men are evil. Men are dumb. Men are daft. Men are dark in their hearts. They are clueless as to the things of God. So anyone, the Bible says anyone who wants to be a friend with the world, who wants to be friends with the world, is an enemy of God. So you who are wanting to impress God with your titles and your lofty position and what you foolishly and erroneously believe is the church, are an enemy of God. God does not do titles. He doesn't do anything like that. We look at the epistles from all the apostles, from the apostles in the New Testament. Never once do you hear any of them write or begin their letters. And they always began their greetings. That's how people wrote letters in those days. You start with the name of the author. Now we finish with the name of the author. But in those days, they began with the name of the author. And you will have them say, they will address their letters saying, Paul, a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody would address that nowadays. No, 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 no. None of the leaders of what they call churches today, what the fraudulently call church today, would ever address themselves in, with such simplicity. You must be joking. They will. They, 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 they want to be addressed. Of them, Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 23 about, you know, the Pharisees. We've got them today who love to be acknowledged and given the most important seats at, at at gatherings and be acknowledged, special mention. They need to be talked about. They need to be mentioned. They need to be acknowledged when they're anywhere. So today you wouldn't have them just write themselves as mister. It's not done. They've got to be reverend, doctor, apostle, venerable, this, that, and the other, most reverend, this, that, and the other. Foolishness foolishness and all that does not belong to christ belongs to men but it will do nothing for anyone and many people flock behind them because of these very things because of this foolish sense of self-importance many flock behind them many run after them many flock into their presence many want to be seen and acknowledged by these crazy men and women what foolishness what a waste of time what a waste of life what a waste of soul all of them, leader and follower, all headed for hell, eternally. But they think it's all good because it's a big church. And, you know, my overseer or whatever, they call them their father and their mother. They are known across the world. we got so many branches. we got such a large followership. Oh, they're so powerful. And so people foolishly follow them. Listen, there is no power anywhere apart from Christ Jesus. And that is not a boastful power. What the Lord said was, blessed are the meek, for this is the kingdom of God. The meek. Who are the meek? Those who are full of, <clears throat> full of God's power, but yet humble and gentle with it. 
Jesus Christ was God in our midst when he was here in the flesh. He did not run around flouting his powers or anything. He was the humblest of men. Yet he was full of power. He could have brought the world down in a second if he chose to. But he didn't. So when we have all these boastful and arrogant men and women parading themselves over, all over stages, claiming their next in command to God, and God told them this and God told them that, all things that are unbiblical, unscriptural, and unholy, unrighteous, ungodly things, ideas that they sell to people. Ideas on financial breakthroughs, ideas on breaking into the financial vaults of heaven, crazy ideas about receiving keys to heaven's bank and madness like that, proclaiming a message that is not of Christ, a message that is nothing to do with the gospel, telling people all sorts of deception just to fleece the people and gain disciples for themselves. Well, the people lap it up because the people love it, but is it any? It's not new. It's not new. Paul did warn Timothy, you know, as part of his pastoral duty to watch over the church. Paul said to Timothy, the time will come when people will no longer put up with sound doctrine. Rather, to suit themselves, they will gather for themselves a large number of teachers to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. That's what we have today. We have a battalion of people with itching ears who want to hear excitable nonsense about how their position in this life and their earthly circumstances can be better, how they can become millionaires, how they can kill all their enemies, how they can, um, you know, uh, marry or whatever, or enjoy perfect health and all that. All that's got nothing to do with the gospel, because all those things are past with use. And you don't need to be a believer to have all those things. There are beautiful marriages that are bound in the world, you know, by unbelievers. There are fantastic people, I mean, there's fantastic wealth being generated by people who work hard, who are non-believers. People are recovering from cancers and the deadliest diseases, who are non-believers. God is gracious and merciful. All of that happens in line with God's benevolence. God's, you know, is general grace to everyone. But how many people have got God's most special grace? And that is salvation. Not many. Even though many think, are misled into thinking they have it. No, it's going to be a shock on Judgment Day to many people. Many professing Christians, that is. I'm not talking about the people outside the church. They have outright rejected Christ. That's all right. That's all right because, I mean, whoever it is, whoever rejects Christ is hell-bound anyway. But the ones who proclaim they know Christ, who call his name in vain, they are the people I'm talking to today. You who are in the church practicing a false religion, practicing a false thing that you call Christianity. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. Christianity is not for the selfishly ambitious. Christianity is not for the greedy. Christianity is not for the self-serving. Christianity is not for the self-seeking. Christianity is not for the egomaniac. Christianity is not for the proud and arrogant. Certainly not. And it is definitely not for the unrepentant heart. So now let us look at a short parable from our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 21. From verse 28 there to um, to 31, 
32. Our Lord speaks this parable. What do you think? Now he's addressing the Pharisees and the elders of Israel. Oh, the religious, you know, who are the people that the idiots of the world today will call the God's generals. God hasn't got any generals. We're all soldiers in his army. <laughs> so, yeah, the people that the world would lust after today and follow because they're their daddy and their mummy in the spirit and in Christ. The people the world today would admire because they've got big fellowship and they've got big titles and big names. Yes, these are the ones to whom Christ was speaking in in that parable, parable of the two sons. The Lord said from uh, Matthew 21 from 28. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other, Son, uh, to, to the other son, and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So what is our Lord saying in relation to today's professing religious people? People who think they know God? People who think they're serving God? People who think they're Christians? People who think they are believers and they are born again and they belong to this church and they belong to that church? This parable is for every one of us in the church today. I say in the church, I use that loosely because the church of Christ is outstanding and that church of Christ is perfect in its ways and it is steadfast, it is sure the Lord knows those who are his. But I am talking about everybody else who is in the church space, as, we, as I like to put it, in the church space. Because they call themselves Christians. And they are the undiscerning and um, ignorant world looks at all those people, looks at these establishments, looks at their leaders, you know, the Pope, the Archbishop of Canterbury and all sorts, and all sorts of Archbishops and this, that and the other, and venerable and reverends and reverend doctors and all sorts and apostles and proper, whatever it is they call themselves. The world looks at them and say and reckon they are the Christians and the Christian leaders, but they're not. They're not. The church of Christ has only one head, and that is Christ Jesus himself. So all the charlatans who come and parade themselves across stages and building multi-billion dollar domes or buildings or whatever it is today have nothing to do with Christ. They've got nothing to do with Christ. Christ is not impressed. God is not impressed. So we have this situation here in that parable. Jesus said, the father said to one son, son, go and work today in the vineyard. The boy, and the son said, no, I will not. And the father left it. But the Bible says, Jesus said later, he repented. He thought about his action. He thought about his decision and decided, no, let me go and work and serve my father. And he did. And the other one, the father called, said, go and work in the vineyard. He said, oh, yes, I will. And he didn't go. He didn't go. So today we have many people who have run into the church space. They've come and said, oh, Jesus is Lord. They've said to them, sign a card and, you know, do your confession. Say the sinner's prayer or whatever it is, whatever it means by which they've come, falsely. 
and they've um yeah put their names and i'm just oh, i'm a christian and they've said to them oh welcome into the family of god now you're born again they have come they have not been told that repentance is necessary they have not been told that righteousness is necessary so they come as they are they would even tell them jesus said come as you are so they come as they are they see no need to repent they do not obey christ they see no need for Jesus to be Lord of their lives. You cannot have a, be a Christian and proclaim Jesus is your Savior and not have Jesus as your Lord. Lord means Master. From the moment you come, if you are sure that you did come in spirit and in truth and have received salvation and forgiveness, you simply have to submit to him as Lord. But no, people would rather submit to men, fellow men like themselves who are unsaved let alone capable of saving anyone. People love idolatry. Idolatry. Pastoral worship. Prophet admiration and all those things. They worship their leaders. They don't worship Christ. They follow their leaders. They will hide all their vices from their leaders. Yet God sees everything we all do in every nook and cranny of the earth. But they're not bothered about that. When they're in the presence of their leaders, they will touch no alcohol, they will pray holy, they're all like that, all sanctimonious looking when they come to their foolish gathering called church. And it's brother this and sister that and God bless you and God. Yet, when they leave that place, they're doing everything to impress their leader, as though their leader holds the key to heaven. Their leader is not even saved. Because in the true church of Christ, everyone is equal Nobody needs to be pretentious because everyone is led and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. No pretense is necessary. No actions necessary. We don't necessarily go and go, your brother, this, sister, that. It's not necessary. We all call each other by our names. We're all there, serving together. Nobody cares what anybody has. Nobody looks at what anybody has. And nobody definitely boasts about what they have or their position or their position in society or their business or their jobs. We don't have millionaires clubs in such in the true church of Christ. We don't have the business executive club and we don't have the young business entrepreneurs club and we don't have the good ladies association and good ladies got a whole lot of nonsense, hypocritical rubbish that people practice today and reckon they are practicing Christianity. False religion. Is God interested in false religion? Jesus is saying here in this parable, the very one who said to the father who rebelled initially, said, I'm not going to work in the vineyard, was the one who repented and thought about his actions. That's repentance. A com- a ch- repentance means a change of heart. He repented. He repented and he continued. And he went and served his father. That is repentance. Not the one who said, oh, I will go. And then did not go. That was a waste of space. That is one who did not know what he was doing. So you see, that was the one who was rebellious. So today we have many who come and say they are Christians, but they despise the Lord because they do not obey the Lord. And we have those who have stayed in their false religion and everything, you know, rejected Christ and all sorts, and spoken against Christ, but then... They repent at some point in their lives. 
the gospel will reach, message reaches them, they repent of their sinfulness, and they turn to Christ in spirit and his truth, and they bow to him as Lord, and they obey his teachings, they obey his words, and they live righteously. They forsake the life they were forgiven from. Look, here Jesus said, when telling these religious gurus about their foolish religion, how futile it is, the Lord said, I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Not because they've gone in there and remained tax collectors and, and prostitutes. No, but the Lord used this illustration because, you see, in those days in Israel, prostitutes and tax collectors were seen as the scum of society. Oh, yes, the Pharisees and the religious class saw them as absolutely irredeemable people. The people were not worthy of salvation. They saw them as the scum of the earth. You know? But then, they were hearing the message of the gospel and turning to Christ in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, For John came, John the Baptist is talking about, to you, to show you the way of righteousness. And you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And that's why they found true salvation. Because they repented. Complete change of heart. They, repent, they repented. And turned unto Christ. John the Baptist preached righteousness and lived righteously. But the people didn't like him. He didn't amount to anything. It was him. A poor guy, you know, clothed in camel skin. Living on wild honey and uh, locusts. What are you talking about? It's just like today. It's just like today. True servants of God are not acknowledged by anyone. Everybody loves the fake ones. Because they have all the wealth to show. They have all the uh, flamboyance to show. They are the ones on the world stage making all the noise. They are the loudest. They are the ones who gather the most followership. People do not reason that why is it a, 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 a man comes up and, um, you know, with a so-called church and all of a sudden he's got massive followership. Or oh, people think, oh, it's got to be good. He's so powerful. So they all flock there. They all run behind them. People love the ones who come, the, the preachers who come. False as they are, people don't listen. It's, it's, it's not about their message so much. The initial attraction is their parents and the crowds they're able to gather. The means by which they've gathered the crowd, nobody wants to know. And a lot of them gather the crowds through false messages and flattery and lies and deception. They all do. That's those who don't go by it via diabolical means. Very, very common problem in Africa. But people love that. They love that. And quickly they submit their souls to them. They start calling them their father and their mother. And they begin to worship them and follow them. And everybody wants to be identified with their name and the name of their church. But the true servants of God. Simple people like me. Sitting down there proclaiming the gospel. Proclaiming the message of repentance and holiness and righteousness. People look at you. You've got nothing to offer. That's all you've got to say. You've got nothing to offer. Look at that. I'm not sitting here telling people how I can magically turn their lives around. How they can improve their wealth and their money and all that. How they can be healed from their sickness and their disease. As though even if they got the physical healing today, they still wouldn't die. No. This message is not attractive. So yes, you don't find true servants of God. You don't find, you don't find proclaimers of the true gospel with many followers. No, you don't. You know. I mean, 
our messages on social media don't get a lot of followership and a lot of subscriptions. No, people don't like that. It's annoying, if anything, to people because they're uncircumcised ears. They're not interested in that. They want to hear talks about, they want things for the here and now. Their only interest in Christ is for the delivering of material things to them. That's the only interest they have in Christ. They're not interested in Christ because they think they want to abandon their lives of sin. They even refuse to see themselves as sinners, really. Because I don't, I fail to see how anyone can come to Christ knowing they're sinners and still continue in their foolishness. I don't see how. But they're not convicted. They're lacking in the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit of God who brings us to conviction. So if he hasn't done that work of conviction in a person, it's because clearly that person is not interested anyway in salvation. They're only interested in what they've been lied to and deceived that Christ can do for them materially for this world. Never mind the afterlife. They tell you, listen, you've got to leave this life first before we worry about eternity. Really? Eternity can come upon you any second now. Any second now. The minute God takes your life, you have faced eternity. In hell, if you do not belong to Christ. So now, the people who are considered this come of society, Jesus said, they're entering the kingdom before you because they are truly repenting. So what do we have today? A whole lot of false and vain religious practices. Look, it's not new because um, the first prophet, the message of God, the message of righteousness and salvation and holiness as always, that's always been God's message. Never once has God sent any message about financial breakthrough or, or, or miracles or, or financial prosperity or, or physical healing like that. Not once. Not through the Old Testament, not through the New Testament. The message has always been for the people to turn to God, to repent, to be holy and to be righteous. That's always been the message of God. So now, the message that was being spoken then by Isaiah the prophet to the unrepentant people of Israel then, as we have the unrepentant people of the world today. Now the message has gone into all the world. And God said to, uh, you know, Isaiah said, the Lord says, Isaiah 29:13, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. You think it's something new? False religion? False profession? No. The people of Israel then prided themselves of the people of God, which they were. God himself put them in that position, but they did not live up to the calling of the people of God. And that is what we have today in what is generally called church. People who profess the name of Christ, people who claim to be the children of God, people who claim to be Christians, who do not live up to that high calling. That's the highest calling anyone can have, receive in life. Not you being called to be king or queen or president or anything. No, the highest calling any human being can have, receive or attain is to be called a son of God, a child of God. That is the highest calling we can have. It's nothing whatsoever to do with the foolishness that the people are, 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 are sharing and deceiving themselves with in this day and age. Nothing at all to do with that. Nothing whatsoever to do with that. So, this false religion has been practiced all along. Our Lord himself reiterated that message in Matthew 15, verses 8 to 9. He reiterated exactly what Isaiah said here. 
use the same God, sending the same message. So people practicing this false religion. Their hearts are far from me. It is our hearts that the Lord needs in repentance. When our heart is right, our ways will be holy and righteous. Because when our hearts are right, when our hearts are healed from sinfulness and wickedness, then we will turn to God. And then His Spirit will lead us and we will submit to the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit of God. To lead us, to guide us, to teach us how to live for God. That is what we will do. Because again, Jesus said it, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. All the foolishness you hear about seven ways to obtain the keys of the vaults of heaven, ten ways to to um, re- receive the blessings of God, to, um, to, to twelve ways or fifteen ways to get the keys of the vaults of the kingdom of heaven, all that nonsense. Pay your tithes and you'll be saved. Whoever doesn't pay their tithes will perish. The kingdom of God is there for tithes payers only. Sow this seed of faith, sow this seed to challenge God, sow this a whole load of nonsense. Things only taught by men. Ideas from men of perverse minds, wicked men, selfish men, who only proclaim the gospel, well, not the gospel, (laughs) who only proclaim the, well, they call it the word, I won't say the word of God, they proclaim their own words. Just in order to take advantage of the people, of the undiscerning people, unreasoning people. Yet the word of God is there for everybody to read and understand. If you truly love God and you really want to honor God with your life, you will study his word, you will learn from him, and you will know the truth, and you'll be set free from the deception and the deceitfulness of Satan and his servants across the world. People they love to say, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Because they've been taught to say it, not because they know Jesus is Lord. Because if you really knew Jesus as Lord, you will walk in truth. You will walk in obedience. But people say, listen, Luke chapter 6, these are the words of our Lord again. Luke chapter 6, from verses uh, 46 to 49 there. The Lord said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. And his destruction was complete. This is what we have as many Christians today. Christians who walk in disobedience. They say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. But he's not Lord. Because of their lives. Because they do not submit to his uh, authority. They don't live holy lives. They hate their brothers. They despise their enemies. They curse at enemies. You know. They're wishing their enemies dead and all that. And they proclaim, they say these things, they declare them as they are taught by the madmen and women who lead them to do. They despise their enemies. They don't show kindness to anyone. Least of all, their brothers in Christ, forget it. 
Rather, they take the poor in the church group, in their church, the poor are the ones who do the dirty work in there, like cleaning the toilets and directing the cars in the car park and cleaning the chairs and setting up the place. The, the, the bigger ones, you know, the wealthier ones, they have the padded seats in the front and they are the ones who get the titles of pastor and all sorts of deacon and all sorts of nonsense that the foolish person leading them accords them as though this held any water with God. They're rubbish. Absolute rubbish. And God is not interested. God is not interested. So Jesus is not their Lord. They say it. Yep. It's not an issue. Jesus said, why do you say it? You say, Lord, Lord, you don't obey me. I'm not fooled by that. The Lord is not deceived. He's not mocked. And so they build their house on a bad foundation. That foundation of lies and deception. And when the storms come, when trials come, when tribulation comes, these men don't stand. These men and women I'm talking about, they don't stand. They're running from place to place. They're so restless. Even in their daily so-called Christian lives, they're very restless people. Running around trying to find people to deliver them. They never look for the deliverance of the Lord. They're always looking for deliverance from men like themselves. You know, because they've got titles and they claim they know God and they are next in line in the kingdom. So they run after such people for their deliverance. They have no stability. The faithful Christian who knows Jesus is his Lord is never restless. In the face of trials and tribulations, they stand. They stand firm. They stand solidly. Why? Because Christ is for them. They know that. They have no issues. They have no doubt. Jesus is on their side always for them. They do not run around to find men who will save them or deliver them. Because they know who it is they have believed. They know who it is, who is their Lord. They know. They know exactly who's out of their lives. And they know that he's all powerful. And so it doesn't bother us what we go through. We stand firm with Christ, even to the point of losing anything, even our very lives for Christ. How many professing Christians are willing to do that today? How many can? Not many. Look at what, um, I'll take a verse from Isaiah, just one verse of truth. From Isaiah chapter 30, you know, to address this matter again. In Isaiah 30:15, this is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Isn't that sad? It's a very sad situation. In repentance and rest. Rest in the Lord. Jesus left his peace. He said, peace I give to you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. But we have a lot of terrified, they're not just afraid, terrified <laughs> Christians today. People who say they're Christians. Afraid of witchcraft, afraid of enemies, afraid of afterlife, afraid of unseen and unknown things. And they have their mad leaders, men and women, telling them that indeed, yes, the witches are after you. The enemy is after you. This is after you. And they turn them foolishness about the spiritual world that they know nothing about. So the people live in constant fear. They are not at rest. If you are a faithful believer, you would have the peace of God. Repentance and rest is your salvation. They are not repentant. This is what I've been talking about all along. So they are not saved. So they are not saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. They are very weak. So they run to men for their strength. Because they do not have a quiet and submissive, humble spirit before the Lord. So they don't trust the Lord. Because they want answers now. They want magic. They want miracles. You want to know the Lord? 
Is Jesus Lord of your life? Obey him. You want to have peace? You need salvation? Turn to Christ. Repent. Without repentance, no man will be saved. I'll leave it there for today. I'm Sarah Jala Emanuel. And, um, well, what can I say? Repent in spirit and in truth and submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ.